Well, that's okay for some people. What is that song? Who don't, are you recording? Yeah. Oh, so don't got, know they're alive. Okay, all right. No, I'm not. <laughs> the recording has suddenly ended. I didn't know we were record. I didn't know we were on tape. I didn't know we were live. What was that song? Some people by by Julie Stein and uh, Stephen Sondheim from the musical Gypsy. Missed it. Well, get ready for Patreon, darling. <laughs> I don't know much about Gypsy. You never heard the song "Some People." No. Some people. You can keep saying it's it. It's truly iconic. <laughs> never heard of it. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I've heard of "And I'm Telling You." Cool. Yeah, that's an iconic song. Yes, and so with some people. And like, and I'm telling you, would not be around if some people didn't. Exa- I mean, that's not true. But like, <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of this argument, it's true. Okay. Because uh, Gypsy, if Gypsy had not happened, musical theater would cease to exist. I don't know that that's true. So yeah, that's. I don't know logic. that that's true. It's true. Um, I think that's kind of faulty. But you know, I I was thinking you were singing. Some people want it all, but I don't want nothing at all. That's a great song. It's a great. That's song. great. Yeah. So. Oh. Which, but which, when after you see Gypsy, you're gonna have to decide which one you like better because there can only be one. There can only, I mean, also, Alicia Keys' song is not called Some People, (laughs) (laughs) so I think it's mine. (laughs) If she did release a song called Some People, I would be like, oh my god, she's doing a cover. everybody, welcome back to another Two Gay Mats podcast. Yes. It is Matt Steele and, and Matt Palmer. Oh, guys. We're, we're back, back again. <laughs> Episode 21. Honestly, it feels like it's been forever. Like this week I know. feels like it's been a, a long week. It has been a long week for me. Yeah. I mean, just like Dage. I, the thing is, I have this big project that needs to get done before I leave uh, for the holidays. And that's happening on the 18th. And so I'm trying to work as much as I can, get this whole project. That this Basically, it's a paper that I have to finish and write up. And I have to do this for my, my day job. And Oh, I was been, about to be like what the hell are you doing? I thought you were like gonna do something like actually exciting. No, it's for my day job, but then I can go home and rest and I've decided I'm gonna buy a MIDI controller keyboard so I can work on some music when I'm home. I have a whole plan about when I'm being home. How much does something like that go for? Like $50. It's just that thing that's not really, you know, it's not like there's sounds in it. You just hook it up to your computer and then the sounds come from there. You're just controlling the sounds. Okay, that thing that I hear like through the walls. You just like, guys, like I literally hear through the walls just like angry. It's not angry. Tap, tap. I don't know it's, why you say it's angry. It's and I'm angry. just like, oh, he's composing. He's I hard am. at work. I'm expressing. I have things to do. I it's know. It's like Beethoven with his little pen. I know. Beethoven quill. could never. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Amadeus. He was a flop. <laughs> Matt Palmer. Yes. How was your oh week? Oh, my God. First time for everything. You asked me first. I even. know, because I'm trying to think how my week was, and I honestly can't remember. So I'm like, okay, as he's describing his week, <laughs> so then right. I will. You really could have kept it as like, I just wanted to ask you first. I just, I just like, wanted to ask you first. I thought how first. my week was, and I thought it'd be better for you to start so I could think about yeah, what my week I'm really was. trying to think and I'm just like oh shit what did I, I mean, do I mean my week was mostly busy it was a lot of like working late and then coming home and working more which you know is not my thing I love to clock out and clock out mm-hmm. so this is not my jam for that um, so there was a lot of that kind of thing but I feel like this weekend was very nice it was a nice respite from that work I went and saw Love Actually Live um, at uh, the Wallace Theater in Beverly Hills yeah he was describing it to me and I was like this sounds like the Little Mermaid live it was a very similar like we're watching all of the scenes but then we're just interjecting songs that some of which are in the movie and some of which are not I thought it was very funny that um, the Beatles like people were singing All You Need Is Love people were singing Beach Boys God Only Knows and the scene where they're gonna sing Mariah's All I Want For Christmas Is You they had to replace it with Kelly Clarkson's Underneath the Tree because I'm sure Mariah was like 
No. <laughs> you can't sing that there. Sorry. Best of luck to you guys, though. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't Mariah herself who I'm said sure, it. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was her people. There are just pe- like, it's this much money. And they were like, that's not enough money for this song that we've literally made $60 million on yeah. in the past 25 years. So yeah. they, she sang Under the Tree and they really tried to make it all over Christmas is You. And they uh, slowed down the first verse. So it was like orchestral. And then at the end where, you know, the girl's pointing and ends up pointing at the little drummer boy who's like, she all I want for Christmas is you. Mm-hmm. It was like, um, why, what are the lyrics under the tree? There's like a you lyric that's kind of a stretch <laughs> and underneath the tree. And then it's like, because all I want under this tree is you. And it's like, uh, <laughs> and I can see the audience like being like enjoying the performance, but being like, this isn't, this isn't a it. song we know. This isn't it. And yeah, I, God, it, we want our money back. <laughs> it just seems crazy. Why would you even put, like, I feel like that's when you're like, well, can't do it. <laughs> like, let's just fucking hang it up. How were the actors? How did they compare to uh, the iconic screen actors? How was the Emma Thompson scene? How was um, the well, the thing is, all of the actors. Acting scenes were just on the video. So Emma Thompson didn't have to act. She just like sang some Joni Mitchell songs. <laughs> oh, so a woman came on and sang Joni Mitchell. Yeah, who during... but dressed as Emma Thompson in the show. Like they only, but they only sang That's the songs. So absurd. <laughs> <laughs> like that is so ridiculous. I had fun. I enjoyed it. it was, was it like, like a big theater? No. <laughs> it's pretty small. It was very nice. A very nice theater. But it was not big. Okay. Um, and also there was one, I feel like I'm talking shit about it. It really was a lot No, but, I, but I mean, it's a type of thing where like, it's, you go to see it because you enjoy it and to like make fun of it a little. Yeah. Like, you know, and cause they also like self-aware. had to like squeeze some pop songs in to like fill out the music that was used. Like they, mm. for, they used two Joni Mitchell songs. They sang River at the beginning and they sang, um. Uh, both sides now. Okay, so we know Joni Mitchell's giving away her jo- song. Mariah's not. <laughs> they threw in like a random The Calling song. Um, they threw in a random um, uh, oh, song from, who was it? Uh, Maroon 5. There was like a random Maroon 5. And it's like none of these songs were in the movie. None of these songs were on the soundtrack. Maroon 5. Yeah. I'm okay. just like, I mean, the thing I guess the Maroon 5 song was on the soundtrack, but it truly has nothing to do with the movie. Like it just was a yeah. song that they had. Okay. And so there was a lot of squeezing in songs that like kind of didn't fit. Um, and but I mean it was very good and I must say both of the kids the little boy who's M- Liam Neeson's kid in the movie the kid who sang a couple of those songs was fantastic and okay. he was one of those kids where I was nerve like I was so excited for how great he sounded but I'm like oof when his voice changes he is going to be upset because <laughs> like if you ever have sung as a young person once mm-hmm. your voice changes it's like a whole new world I, I was yeah. literally just talking about this with someone the day my voice I realized that my voice started to change I remember turning off the musical theater I was listening to <laughs> Uh, and because I couldn't I could no longer sing along to the girls part I and I went downstairs sat at my kitchen table and sobbed <laughs> for two hours because it was just so scary because it it's is. just it's like, like am I gonna is my voice isn't gonna sound the same not. hey I can no longer sing to the women's parts which are the better parts of course and like I'm what if it's not good I know and, and the thing is you really have to retrain your voice relearn your voice it's a whole new voice you're yeah, dealing with it's so really, I feel like that's gonna guys, be guys men that. have it rough right? uh, I'm not gonna go that far <laughs> but also the young girl who sang Under the Tree and wished it was All Christmas You was also excellent okay. and a couple of the adults were excellent but a couple of those adult guys I was like guys I could do better than this <laughs> like what are y'all doing some of them were nice but like good enough singers but some of them was like whoo the bar is low for I mean, male. Y'all didn't go there for vocals. I y'all know, but like fun. that's all they were doing was vocals. Like it's like they were not actors. I mean, maybe they are actors, but they weren't acting in the show. You know what I'm saying? They were so hired like, to be singers. Yeah, it's like you better sing, bitch. Okay. And those kids were singing the face off of it. So, well, I mean, uh, little child actors—they're they're trained. Uh, that's true. They're, they're but I feel like I, it's it's either one or the other. Like I remember when I saw Les Mis out here, and all of the adult performers were amazing. And then the guy Rush, I was like. 
Wow. You're just, not- <laughs> we're just dragging children here, aren't we? I mean, we love everyone, but little Gavroche and little Cosette, I was like, there's a, there's a note you should be hitting. <laughs> I just have never been a person that's like, oh, look at this child sing. Aren't they doing a great job? It's so cute. I'm like, it's just like, you know, you, you demand perfection. Yes, it's yeah. either, you're it's either like, JoJo, me. Michael Jackson, or a flop. Like, I just don't <laughs> deal with children singing and just say, since they're trying, it's great. Like, I mean, no. it, that is very infuriating because it's kind of just like, little kid, you are getting paid for this. I you know. are in a union tour. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Get your voice <laughs> together. Get your voice together. You one song. Realize how great I I was when I was singing Castle on a Cloud when I was a little boy. You were lovely. I was incredible. And I did not get that opportunity. So, girl, you better get it together. That's what I'm saying. So, how was your week? (laughs) After we've dragged children. My week was good. Um, I'm very excited because um, I've been working on a new screenplay, Mm. um, trying to get that together. And I've been struggling um, in sort of figuring some stuff out. And I just finished the first act of it. Yeah. And, like, the first act of a screenplay, like, should be, like, uh, maybe like 20 pages, 30 pages, mine's a whopping 55. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, very so, much yeah. tracks with you. You're absolutely an overexpressor in all ways and you'll just cut it down. And now you just cut it down and cut it down and yeah. cut it down. It's better to have too much on the page than too little. So it is you, hard for you to kill your darlings. So it like is very hard The cutting process for, for Devos was like, I don't want to edit this one line and I don't know if it's so I know. I'm real like, bad oh. at killing my darlings <laughs> because I'm so brilliant, you know? And so oh. everything I do is just magic. Well, so. anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm very happy that I found Finally, uh, like finish that, and so then I want to like send it to like writer friends and be like, "Hey, I'm sort of struggling with this. Mm. Here's the first act. Where do you see this going? Or should I just scrap it? <laughs> <laughs> Is it the the concept that we've discussed yes, before? Yes, okay, yes, okay. yes. So um, it's a good concept. I, it's a, it's we love like, a concept, darling. I know what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's sort of been the highlight of my week. That's and great. you know, I, I saw some friends. My our one friend Matt Bridges is out of the country at the moment oh, doing a fun Matt Bridges, project. We miss so, our former former co-host. Former co-host. <laughs> yeah. Well, you. Your former co-host yes, of the podcast, but like uh, our former co-host of this, the two game mats. Yeah, it's true. That is yeah. true. Um, so. So he went out of the country and I might not be able to see him until after like January and everything. So like hung out with him, my friend Fernando for a little bit and had a good time and, good. and you know, had just had a good week That's overall. Great. It was lovely. That's great. Yeah. Well, do you want to dive into some news? Some yeah. News for idiots? For those idiots. I, there's so many idiots and they need their news too. Yeah. <laughs> like all of us. Um, so there's a rumor. Mm-hmm. Rumor. Mm-hmm. Beyonce is supposedly preparing for a Las Vegas residency for 2020. Okay. And uh, from what I hear from B. Scott, uh, she would become the highest paid entertainer at the strip of all time. Oh, shit. I know. I mean. Of all, like, bigger than Barbara? I guess so. I mean, I think right now, Celine is the, I don't remember who was the biggest, but somebody was big that isn't Barbara. Uh, So it would, yes, so. Wow. Keeping my eyes peeled. And the thing is, I still need to buy Kelly Clarkson tickets for the strip. So hopefully if they're there at the same time, I can just make a whole weekend of it. Just like see Kelly, see Beyonce. We have to find out a way to like get backstage with the Beyonce. Be like, hey, we're press. We're two game ads. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know that that would work for Beyonce. Maybe for other it people. It almost worked for Kelly. It did. But I mean, we weren't just given a back. We were auditioning to be a part of the show, which I, you know, we should reach out to that guy again. Yeah, I think like, he's working hey. on the TV show. And it's like she has something to have, have, has to have people there every single day. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll be those people. We'll be the people. 
people. We'll, we'll dance as she's she singing. She loves public interest stories too. And like, we're interested in her. Uh oh. Wow. Wow. Matt Bridges texting me. His ears were burning. He knew he was being talked about. Um, So I feel like every time I don't see a Beyonce show, I just gravely regret it. Like I didn't get tickets for the formation tour because only formation was out at that point. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well then if she sings all those older songs and formation, I know all the older songs I've seen her perform grown woman. I went to the Mrs. Carter tour. Maybe I'll just skip this one. And apparently it's so amazing. And she did the whole fucking lemonade album, which wasn't out yet. And I just, I just can never miss another show of hers. Mm -hmm. I just can't. Whatever show she does, I'm going besides the ones with Jay-Z. Okay. <laughs> Any sort of fair. Beyonce solo show, I will be attending. So By be the attending. way, his birthday was this week. I had no idea he was 50. Yeah. I had no idea yeah. he was that. He looks great. He does look good. He looks well, great. I mean, he looks young. He, lo- he looks okay. <laughs> he lo- I like like I had no idea he was 50. Yeah, no, he, he looks good for yeah, his age. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Good for you him. better get it, Beyonce. You better, hey, you know. He and uh, he and Mariah same. I mean, they were the same age when they did Heartbreak. Uh, how, uh, I didn't, Mariah. I just wanted to be known that I did not say an age. Just, oh, the point I'm making is that Jay Z's first number one single was on Heartbreaker with Mariah Carey in 1999, and mm-hmm. they were contemporaries. That's all I'm saying. Okay. 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 That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> so, would you go see Beyonce in Vegas? Sure. Yes. How Absolutely. much would you pay for a ticket? Oh no. I know. That's um, the thing. Because if she's the highest paid entertainer, we're gonna be the highest paid audience members. Yeah. As well. damn Damn it. Um, uh, I'll I'll do whatever you do. I'll I'll do it. I'll, okay. To see Beyonce, it'll, right? it's my only time seeing Beyonce. I've never seen Beyonce before. You have to see Beyonce once before You've you die. You've never seen her? No. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no. That sucks. That one time you saw her in Vegas, I went uh, we all went, you, you went alone. Because I was like, we can all buy tickets the first day they're released. And I'm like, oh, we might buy tickets later and just sit wherever. And I was like, okay, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be on the general levels. Thank you. Yeah. It's like when I saw the Spice Girls, it's just like, no, I will not like buy the $100 tickets. No. I will be buying like the $300 Yes, exactly. My thing, my <laughs> Tickets for like three fifty at the yeah. time, so it was, it was an expense, but a worthy one. She did Absolutely. a great job, and I saw Grown Woman live. How many people can say that? Oh, what a song! Girl. Not everybody has that. Not everybody has that. Um, so also apparently, Disney is making an Aladdin spinoff for the one white character in it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I did, did. Did you see the live action movie? I didn't. Okay, because no. that's when the the white character was added. And the thing is, I remember there being a hubbub about there being a new white character in the movie. But then once the movie came out, I didn't hear anyone talk about the white character. No, I had no. I had no idea that a white character existed until mm. I heard this news. I knew that they existed because people were upset when he got cast but then they're, they're now in the announcement of this or like the scene stealer Billy Magnuson who does I, I have seen him in other things and he is funny but like he's good he is like, good yeah, like, he's, yeah. he's very good in Into the Woods in oh, he was the Into the Woods? Yeah, I was, didn't know he was. He was Rapunzel's prince. Oh, yeah. so he played my part. Yes. Yes. Oh, we are, just exactly we like. We are similar. Same types. <laughs> uh, well, I he's good on Kimmy Schmidt, uh, which I've seen him on. But once the movie came out, I truly did not. I heard about Jasmine. I heard about uh, several characters in the movie mm-hmm. doing great jobs. And I did not hear one word about him. And then they're like, the scene stealer of the film might be getting a spinoff. And it's like, oh, why is he the scene stealer? Yeah, I hear all the comments were just like, he was in it for like two seconds. Right. Like, I just don't think it's crazy. And then also this all also comes right after an article was uh, published that I the know this star, timing. Yeah, Mina Masood, uh, who played Aladdin in the film, and it has made a billion dollars at the box office, has been has said, "I have not gotten an audition since that movie came." Yeah, out. which is which, which is, is crazy. crazy. I mean, I know he's also uh, has a recurring role in a Netflix series. I think it's uh, Hulu. Abby, oh, Hulu was and, it one of them. And then the audition and, was before the movie. Yeah, came out. I heard he got that before the movie came out, and but it's just kind of it's either like. 
what's his agent doing? <laughs> but, but also, maybe the agent is kind of saying, maybe he's not getting these auditions because he's getting these auditions and or offers that, and his agent's just like, this isn't good yeah, enough. This isn't good like enough this, He was literally just the star in one of the most financially successful movies of the year. This Why is he, why does he have this maybe bad, small, or stereotypical role right. that he's better than? So, which, you know, good for that agent, or either the agent is good or the agent's bad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but because it doesn't make sense that he would not be getting auditions at this point. In this yeah. Career, auditions right? like, like, come on. Come yeah. On. It's crazy. I will say I just read at the bottom of this and care about it less. It's for Disney Plus. What's <laughs> the for spinoff Disney? would be for Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, of it's course. Like, oh, oh, he's not getting his. I thought yeah. it was going to be a film film. Oh, like, oh, oh, no. That's no, what no, I no, thought. No. And I was like, really? Well, also, I was kind of thinking because besides the fact that this is like the only white character in Aladdin and he he's getting his own spinoff. It's kind of just like. Who wants that? No one I, wants the that. The thing is, I think Disney Plus, I mean, not really. They have so much back catalog, but like, I feel like with the streaming services, it's now becoming like, we just need fucking content. Yeah, that's We true. need something to fill things out. And who knows if it's a hit, let's just not spend a bunch of money on it just so we have things there and yeah. people can find it. And then maybe they'll love it or maybe it'll just be there. So, so yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel a little bit better about it uh, being on Disney Plus, but I do hope that this actor who played Aladdin gets a lot more roles because apparently he was very good in the role and you know yeah. catapulted the movie to a million dollars or yeah. a billion dollars excuse me yeah and, I mean uh, we know he at least can do it yeah, we know he, he at least has the skills to like act in something yes, you exactly. know something big and carry a movie so all of the casting directors listening to this podcast because we know you are oh well I mean this in the interview he gave where he said this was probably the best thing he could have done that's because true now I guarantee you people are like oh we want to be the first one to yeah. send him Cast an offer him. look yeah. how great we are that's so true. so well, be it. Do it. Hey guys, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So, so what did you think about that Peloton ad? Did you watch it? I thought it was fine. <laughs> okay, it was a little silly and stupid. Like it's weird that she was making a video blog for her husband right. to show him the following year. Like yeah. that's that's like a little weird. But yeah. like honestly, all commercials are awful. That's the thing. <laughs> like, I feel like commercials are so bizarre all the time. I think it's odd that this one jumped out as like being so bad. I mean. The fact that her husband bought her an exercise bike and she's already like 11 pounds. Yeah, that's a little Yeah, weird. but I mean, that's literally any exercise commercial. True. Any exercise equipment, everyone is super skinny right. and looks amazing and it's like, okay. And I guess her eyes were kind of bugged out the whole time. Like, she was very much like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> you know, so like that Yeah, was, but like, it's It was a little strange and funny, but I, I didn't realize it was going to be as big of a deal. When it, Peloton became. was trending, I was like, why are people talking about cakes? Because I was, <laughs> and I was just like, what the? Why are people talking about cakes? I don't get because I never heard of a Peloton before. And yeah. I, I realized I was thinking of a Panatone. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, why is everyone talking about Panatones? So and then funny. and then I like checked to see what this thing was that was trending. And I was like, oh, it's an exercise bike. Oh, I don't care about this. <laughs> and then I saw the commercial and I was like, why are people going nuts over that? I really don't understand the craziness behind I it. I mean, I get, I get that it's a little freaky, but I don't. I think there are so many. Every ad I've seen ever in the past 10 years is so strange that I'm like, I guess the point is for it to go viral. I feel like Peloton's probably over the moon that this has gone viral. Oh, of course, God. even though it like it's like well, this ad is awful, blah, blah blah, all these thumbs downs. But like, well, you're still talking about Peloton bikes. That's all we really wanted. Yeah, Peloton ad is like the cats of commercials. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, the more we hear about the cats, I think even you are like, this could be very. Bad. It, it could. It could just be something. We just so, read this week that Taylor Swift has not only written "Beautiful Ghost" but all several songs for the movie. I'm nervous about that because it's like, are they going to take out songs from Cats? If to they take out Skimble Shanks, the Railway Cat, I'm going to write. <laughs> To replace them with Taylor Swift, Andrew Lloyd Webber <laughs> originals. Like, from what you've seen in the future trailers, there's a lot of dialogue. Yeah. And Taylor Swift is scoring it. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I just am saying we all should be worried. All I'm saying is Cats had a full score already. And so I want to know what is being replaced. Yes, what several songs are yeah. being replaced. I swear to God, if Skimble Shanks <laughs> is not there. I'm, I mean, it looks like the character of Skimble Shanks is there. Maybe she just writes a new song first. Skimble. But that song slaps. <laughs> <laughs> I also... Hate that I'm gonna have to watch a movie with a character named Skimble Shanks. What's it? Skimble Shanks? Sk- Skimble Shanks, the railway uh, cat, the uh, cat of the railway train. Oh, uh, well, Taylor's song won't go like that. He's, <laughs> he's a cat that loves trains. It's gonna be great. God, I hate this movie already. <laughs> but yeah, no. So the the Peloton ad, I think, is fun. And I read an interview of uh, that the male actor gave the guy who played the husband and he wrote this giant response. What, um, what did he say? Saying like, I didn't expect to get such negative feedback and I was so excited for this opportunity and I, I showed my acting teacher the commercial and my acting teacher told me I looked great and everything and it was like oh, a, kind of a really funny like He's so response. sincere. Like what so a sincere, sincere little actor and, and man. Just, like all the guy had really had to say was just like, oh yeah, this is crazy. Well, got my paycheck. Also, this happened so quickly and did you see that Ryan Reynolds like created a new like response coming Commercial for his gin company that apparently Ryan Reynolds has a gin company. Uh, but a new response commercial to the Peloton. Yes, the Peloton. He got the Peloton actress to be in a commercial for aviation. You better gin. work, and bitch. I, and it's like you better work, bitch. And yes. you better honestly, you better work, Ryan Reynolds, because now that commercial's going viral. Yes, because it's just like her with her big eyes and her friends being like, "Are, are you okay?" Like, <laughs> and they like she like drinks the whole thing of gin. And she's like, "Well," and they're like, "You're safe here. Don't worry." <laughs> I guess assuming Amazing. that she's divorced the Peloton man. Amazing. Good for and her. Then she like downs two glasses of Jen and then it's just like you look great by the way yes give her more acting roles give her stuff starring opposite oh Aladdin guy I was gonna like, say are you kidding next year she's gonna have a talk show It'll oh be my her, god Peloton lady versus Kelly Clarkson good for her milk this girl oh, poor milk Peloton this. husband milk, Peloton, <laughs> husband. Peloton <laughs> husband was just like okay this is my one chance to like make a statement so I'm gonna make it real long <laughs> yeah love that um so Taylor Swift um also did something that I'm really not going to talk about a lot, but I just want to, because it's a podcast. We've talked about a lot. It's a music podcast. She put out a Christmas song. It's called Christmas Tree Farm. Mm-hmm. She also uh, has announced the Netflix documentary Miss Americana is going to premiere at the Sundance Film Festival in January. So apparently she and uh, her, you know, former Dementors, uh, Scott mm-hmm. Bruschetta and Scooter Braun have reached some sort of agreement since that was a part of the the plea that Taylor Swift put out. So I guess this is all wrapped up, maybe? <laughs> I guess. I hope and I so. guess we got to go to Sundance. Now, I know so how to someone be in the front row being like, yeah, queen. <laughs> Don't talk about cats or that Christmas song that's getting in the way of all Christmas is you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that that's happening for her, and we love that that's all wrapped up. Uh, but speaking of all I want for Christmas is you, uh, there's going to be a mini documentary mm-hmm. on Amazon entitled mm-hmm. Mariah Carey is Christmas. <laughs> What? <laughs> Which is literally all about the writing and creation of All I Want for Christmas is You. I, like, how long could this be? <laughs> like, it's literally got to be 15 fucking You know minutes. what? If it was four hours, I'd watch we'd every watch it. second. That's the thing. I just check Mariah's Twitter every single day because there's truly a new, like, thing she's announcing every day about the song. I'm yeah. Like, they are really going hard for this number one. And thank God. <laughs> yeah, guys, like, guys. I'm thrilled about it. Guys, come on. Give her what she wants. And the thing buy is, that song. I, uh, there's like a, someone who like calculates all the points and calculates the hot 100 billboard charts. And I think this past week it was number 18. This next week it can go up to number three. Are you bitch. kidding? It can go up to number three. And it's like, if it's it was num- number, that's the highest it's ever, it was number three last year. I know. And it's like, if it's number three now, the week of fucking Christmas, which I am I still a little worried, as I always am, about 
a Rihanna or a Adele surprise dropping a song. No, it's December 8th now. Hey, I'm It'll with you. Ninth, I, like, I no. hope that doesn't happen, but I'm nervous about it. Oh, yeah, this is what she announced today, that her Christmas pop-up shop is coming to New York City. December 14th I saw through that, 17th. Yeah. I'm, and I'm so like, sorry. Why nothing in LA? Like, if BravoCon is in is not in LA next year, I'm gonna fucking riot. And Mariah has had a caution pop up shop, and now the Christmas one. And it's like, what about LA? the thing is she's based in LA now with the kids, and she's going right to Vegas. Why can't we get anything? It doesn't feel like Christmas in LA. It, I mean, she's gonna do it in New York. There are lights at the Grove. Ooh, <laughs> it's nice. Oh, but I, I am excited. I, I, I am excited to see the pictures of the pop-up shop, see what it looks like. I'm excited for her to be hopefully number three next week and hopefully number one the week afterwards until Christmas. Until the end of time. Until the end All of I time. All I want for Christmas is she was the I last just feel one. like if Jennifer Lopez is going to get a motherfucking Oscar nomination, I need Mariah Carey to go number one. <laughs> like, it is only right for me as a lamb. And okay. I mean, best that we love everyone's acting performances and Jennifer Lopez I do wish her all the best but a part of me is still very much like that have you seen that gif or that video of the Mariah fan talking with a JLo fan they're talking about why they like each other artists and the Mariah fan talks for a while and the JLo fan starts talking and the Mariah fan puts a charm bracelet album cover in front of her face like JLo can't sing <laughs> Wait, wait. <laughs> I need to find it in front I've you. never seen this. It's what? so funny. It's like these two, like, vaguely Latina ladies talking about, like, like J-Lo. I think it's honestly the J-Lo girls getting interviews. Like, why do you like J-Lo more than Mariah Carey? It's like, well, J-Lo's so sexy and she can dance. And there's the girl in the background with the charm bracelet, vinyl in her hand, being like, J-Lo can't sing! Uh, the great thing about that is that it's, she chose to have it be the charm was, bracelet vinyl. I mean, it was like, the charm bracelet era. So it was early 2000 when J-Lo oh, was, it was everywhere. It was then. And Mariah oh. just put out bracelet. Song. Oh, and so the Mariah and fans were, were we desperate. Because <laughs> the thing, we knew about the samples. We knew about the jaw rule of it all. We knew that Mariah had been wronged. And so even though it wasn't really J-Lo's fault, we were riled up. <laughs> and Come so, on, be nice to J-Lo. We, I am nicer to J-Lo you? now than I was in the 2002s. But it, of course, in the 2002s, you had to stand your favorite. You had to there, there, was a, there was a right it and there was, was a wrong. A, there, it was a civil war. There was a Hillary and there was a Trump. <laughs> exactly, and I was with Hillary. Um, and so it's not like that now. I think J-Lo has some good songs and was good in Hustlers, but like if she gets the Super Bowl and the fucking Oscar nomination... Mariah has to have this number one. Yeah, like, I, give think, her this. I think that's fair. She's a legend. She's the legend. She's the musical icon of our time. Give her the number one. Give her the number one. 19. Every, everyone gets everything. Yes. J-Lo gets an Oscar nomination. Mariah gets a number one. Everyone's happy. Everyone's, it's true. Everyone is equal in the eyes of God. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Um, Did you see that Justin Timberlake has broken his silence about the... Yeah, pop- he held a girl's hand. <laughs> yes, he was apparently very drunk at some point he's filming a movie called Palmer I guess which is like don't get near my name bitch (laughs) (laughs) I do not want to be associated Uh, but he's filming a movie with uh, an actress and they apparently have gotten very close and they went out after filming one night and were caught by paparazzi holding hands and like touching legs and and, like putting like putting one's hands on each other's thighs underneath tables at this restaurant or something he was like very 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 drunk supposedly his eyes were very bleary and but usually he I guess that kind of thing will happen I assumed either they were divorcing or they were in an open marriage, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he like decided to make a whole Instagram post about it and like in his notes app brought out like he usually stays away from, you know, this kind of gossip. But I had a strong I displayed a strong lapse in just judgment. But let me be clear. Nothing happened between me and my co-star. I drank way too much that night and I regret my behavior. I nothing should have known happened better. between my co-star and me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hey, I, I. Yes. Well, he said me and my co-star. No, no. The grammar though it's 
You can say, can he say me and my co-star? No, you always have to be the, the last person. Really? Grammatically, yes. I know it's not my co-star and I. Yes, because I, I is I when is you are the subject. Me is when you are the direct object. But like, yeah, you always have to be after the other person. Okay. Yeah. I'd like someone to tell me if that's true. That's but true. <laughs> you you didn't like, learn that in school? I just, I mean, I wouldn't say, I would never say me and my co-star, but I don't know if it's actually correct or incorrect. We'll look it up. After. It's incorrect. You you always have to be the second or the last person. I'll look it up. Yeah. I don't trust that. You're the white guy. Like, this is a fact. And of course, like, no one actually follows that right. rule. But like, if you're going to make an official statement written down. It was written down in the notes app. I know. But like, this is like the statement that you're going to make to prove that you didn't cheat on your wife. I mean. Like, you better proofread. All right. Hey, I, I respect your point of view and I'm going to look it up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I also love that the statement of apologizing to his wife ends with, uh, this was not that. I'm incredibly proud of working on Palmer. Looking forward to continuing to make this movie and excited for people to see it. It's like, bitch, are you plugging the movie in your apology? <laughs> <laughs> so that was very funny to me. Um, but also, like, I feel like Justin Timberlake being a cheater is not, like, news. No, we're not, like... Like, this just... Oh, no. No, this tracks. Like, he, they before they got married, they had the longest on and off again thing. I'm sure he, you know... I don't know if he's cheated while they've been married, but I'm sure while they were dating, he most certainly did. Like, he's always been kind of a wang, and he doesn't <laughs> respect women. He also didn't, like... Stand up for this, his black female co-star at all and being like, let's don't send her any hate, like leave her out of this. It was just like, it was all just about it him. It was all about him. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a point. Also is very tracking with how he has treated Janet Jackson and Britney Spears in the past. He oh. just kind of has oh. people and women in his life that he disregards and leaves out into the woods. Oh um, no, guys. You know, oh, leaves no. to the wolves. So Jeez, it's getting real. And I'm just saying that. Justin Blake's a garbage person and uh, we all should know that. Oh, so no. uh, do you have any other news you want to talk about? I don't think so. Okay. I'm trying to think if you left anything. I, I no, no. That's all no. you have. All I, right. I think so. Well, we'll be back in a second with more to get Matt's podcast. Without a doubt, I'll turn you out. Give it to you. Who sings that? Uh, You'll never guess it. Uh, who? Jordan Knight. J- who's that? He was in New Kids on the Block, and he had a. Uh, Late 90s, maybe early aughts single called Give It To You. It's very sexual, okay. but amazing. Okay. And was written by Robin Thicke. Okay. Which shows you why it's sexual. And it's excellent. Oh. It kind of has a carnival theme. Oh. It's like a sexy carnival vibe. Oh. It's amazing. A carnival theme? That doesn't seem like you. I know. And I love it. Yeah. I, when I think of carnival theme, I think of uh, the that Adam Lampert song. The, uh, 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 Wait, which song? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, I truly don't even know what it is, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, you, it sounded like a circuit. You were like, I hate this. It sounds like a circus. I don't like it. It also reminds me kind of of uh, Independent Woman Part 2. Uh, by Destiny Child has kind of a circus theme. Hate it. This is the one that gets it right. The thing is, the circus theme is a little, it's not really in the melody. It's more in the music behind him uh-huh. and like the start and stop of it all. But it also kind of has like a Candy Burris, Shakespeare, like Bills, Bills, Bills esque, like, you know, vibe, which you know is my vibe. Whoa, this is a lot of words. I mean, you just have to, li- the song is everything. You just have okay. to listen to it. Jordan Knight. One of those, uh, give it to you. Give one of those one hit wonders that's just. 10 out of 10. Okay. Plus. All right. All right. We stand Jordan. We Knight stand here. Jordan Knight uh, here at Two Gay Mats. Two Gay Mats. Okay. So this is Email My Heart. This is where we uh, look up some of the wonderful emails that you guys sent us and answer a few questions. Yes. You can be a part of Email My Heart by emailing us at Two Gay Mats, uh, two spelled T W O, at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, we got a lot of emails this week. It's really yes, fun. Thank you for sending. Keep we, sending. We're loving. We are going to answer an email from Marcella. Uh, Marcella. 
said, first of all, darlings, thank you for being constant, uh, constant weekly, being the constant weekly thing that's been giving me life. I'm looking forward Aww. to your roast of cats. Now, <laughs> I am writing to you because recently I was listening to Kelly Clarkson's Thankful album and I thought to myself, wow, what a debut album. I know there was a whole machine behind Kelly at the time, but still, I just love that I can play it and enjoy it from top to bottom. I was wondering, can you think of another debut album that for you got it right on the first try? Um, and this, that's a really good question because, and it really took a while to think about it because yeah. it's like usually debut albums have like one or two amazing, amazing yes. songs and the rest of the album is kind of just like, Oh, we were trying to find yes. our way. It's like, we have a hit it's become a hit and it's kind of surprising. This new artist isn't that ready, but like we have to put something Let's out put and capitalize it. Album. So yeah. So you do end up with albums like Britney's first and Christina's first that are just like singles that are great. And then it's like, Oh, the pops, <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of iffy and you know, no shade to Marcella's taste. We love Marcella. And this isn't like a plus question. I wouldn't put thankful in that category for me. I, when I was listening to Kelly Clarkson's discography, I remember, um, being like, Oh, I have to like go through thankful and everything. Yeah. I imagine, I remember hearing thankful and being like, Oh, this is just okay. But in re-listening to thankful, yeah. I was kind of like, you know what? This is better than I remember. It it's being. definitely good and has some very high points. Like just miss the train is one of her best songs. Mm-hmm. It obviously has the original version of a, be- a beautiful disaster, which is excellent. I do love miss independent. The trouble with love is low, but I just feel like sonically they hadn't figured out her sound yet. Like she was a little bit Neo soul in a way that like, wasn't, Really clicking for me. But anyways, I think it's a great question. Marcella's angry. No, we love Marcella. Everyone <laughs> has different tastes, different ears. Everything, music's subjective. The, honestly, the first album that came to mind to me was Avril Lavigne's Let Go. Yeah, that's the one like, thing I was going to say. That is a album of a fully formed artist. And she was like, what, 15 Canadian nobody. and But she just, they knew her sound so clearly. Mm-hmm. And it was so unique at the time. And it still holds up to this day. I think there are a lot of great debut albums. Um, Does Ashley Simpson's count? Because it was her only album. She was not her only album. Was bitch. it? No. I thought it was. She her only put out al- like two follow-up albums. Oh, I didn't know. I that. am me. Was had some bop that's for L O L O L O L O V E. Oh, okay, that's a good song. <laughs> and she had one more. Album. I forgot about that. Yeah, song. that was kind of like Timbaland. She's had albums. Oh, since okay. Got sorry, sorry, album. Ashley. That was a read. Um, <laughs> I think the thing about like Mariah's and Beyonce's debuts is like they are excellent, but they just get so much better in their careers yeah. as it goes on that like they kind of don't count um i think honestly and i know you're gonna just roll your eyes but craig david's debut album yeah, is, David. <laughs> is David, so yeah. excellent and also unique the uk garage scene was not a thing there and he brought it it was r&b it was dance it was pop it was vocals it was everything everyone should give it a listen um and honestly, one of them that was jumping out at me was um, Years and Years. Also, their UK dance band, the first album's great. And also Gaga's first album. It was like kind of messy, but like yeah. she was much like Avril, had a fully formed, very yeah. clear idea of who she was as an artist. For right her first that album, point. that Lady Gaga album, the fame is great. Oh, and start and, yeah. and yeah, there are not bad songs on it. Yeah. There are some songs that like I maybe skip, but not like in general, it's very, very solid. Marcella also has another question that I just want you to answer. Okay. Uh, Wait, she wants, you, what about you? Do you have any other? I was uh, going to say Avril. You say Avril. Yeah. Um, Marcel wants to know which uh, Bravo uh, housewife has the best single and the worst single. Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I feel like I'm alone in this, but I love Countess Luann's Girl Code, which is kind of a forgotten single of hers. Like people always talk about Chic Sale of V and Money Can't Buy You Class, of course. But I think Girl Code's like actually a good yeah, song. Yeah, she says she's a, su- a sucker for anything Countess. Yes, so. Countess is, I she mean, agrees with Girl you. Code is a great song featuring her daughter on background vocals. You broke the girl code. Uh, it's great. Uh, uh. Um, 
I think uh, Tony for the Plot Party is such a classic, but also Candy's a real songwriter and she wrote that song, so of course it's good. Okay. The worst ones are the other Kim Zolciak songs. Like, I remember she was had one that was like, click them keys and Google me. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think. A lot of them are bad. I think... Um, that J- James and Ariana song they put out recently, I thought was really bad. It was just like, it's just like, no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, and, but I mean, there's so many Bravo songs now. I think Melissa Gorga's song was bad. Um, there's so many bad songs. They're mostly bad. <laughs> yes, I would. Daniel I, Stobbs' I, lesbian I, ballad was bad. <laughs> I, I, I have not heard any of them, and I imagine they're, they're mostly bad. Mostly bad. Yes. yes. I. Um, so our next email uh, comes to us from Clem. Clem. We love Clem. Clem. I just had a fun question. Uh, since everyone is sharing their Spotify top of 2019 lists, uh, he wants to know if there are any surprises or noteworthy mentions in your list. Um, let me mine. see my top song. What was your top song? My top song was Joanna by Jojo. Really? Yes. And the reason why is because a because it's great. Of and, and B because, um, when I was editing our Joanna reaction video, I just had it, uh, looping, playing on loop, but like <laughs> silently oh. for hours and hours and hours and hours. Why? Just because you forgot? <laughs> just, yeah. Just because I was like, I just put it on loop and I just forgot mm. that it was still playing. And five hours later I was like, oh, I should stop playing. <laughs> so that's why it was my number one song right. of the year. Um, my, my number one was you need to calm down. Just, mm-hmm. You know, you need to calm down. Great song. Um, I think the surprise is on mine. I'm really happy that find your way back by Beyonce is number three. I think that's such a great song and I'm glad I played it that much. Cause it's so, so good. There's a lot of Taylor Swift lover popping in. I love how high never really over by Katy Perry is. I think that's a really, really good of course, great yeah. pop song. There's also a song called uh, tough featuring an, artist I like a lot named Noah Kahan. He sings a song called Hurt Somebody with Julia Michaels, which is really great. And I was kind of getting into his album and he has a song that he's actually featured on by Quinn XCII. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, And it is called Tough. And it's a song that is kind of a guitar mid-tempo ballad that's kind of about... um, Guys who it's a really specific conceptually. It's like about guys who work out a lot at the gym, but you can but are actually very insecure. And it's like about oh, like we're gay. Like, we know all about ex- those and guys, that's the yeah. thing. It honestly kind of sounds like a song for gay men. Yeah, geez, <laughs> like this like, is like well, welcome to the gay, gay yes, world. It's girl. like I'm you. You know, I'd be scared to run into you in a dark alley, but like I know that you like go home and cry to yourself, and like you don't have to be so tough. It's like you're not Aww. that tough. It's a sweet. I don't know. It's a sweet song. It's well sung. I think the concept's unique, and that was kind of a surprise. Yeah, as to how my surprise was. Uh, my, in my top artists, mm. my number one was Taylor. My number two was Beyonce. My number four was Robin. My number five was Casey Musgraves. All, All of those make sense. My number three was Madonna, and I was like, I don't remember listening to I that much Madonna this year. Interesting. Yeah, but, but I guess I, I, I was wondering like Madonna. It wasn't, and it wasn't the year you went through her discography. No, my, wow. that was last year. Yeah, I guess I, I guess there's just so much Madonna That's on true. my shuffle because yeah. she has so much out there right. that when I would just play it on shuffle, she just pops. And I mean, no shade. I, you know, Madonna's great. And yeah, everything. of course. Uh, but I was just like kind of surprised by that. How many minutes of music did you listen to? Oh, I don't remember. I think it was like 11,000. Oh, something. mine was 68,000. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah, I loved those. Um, loved so another uh, question that we really like came from Aaron. Aaron says, um, uh, the, hold on, I'm trying to say, I'm curious to uh, what you think of the term selling out in the music industry. As a Nelly Furtado fan, uh, it's a bit frustrating that people to this day put that label on her. She was discussed countless times that the album was influenced by the previous summer she lived in Miami. Loose was a huge smash and that led to her be uh, to become one of the best selling artists of that year worldwide. Her last two English albums, including The Underrated Ride, which didn't even chart in the Billboard 200, are excellent and no one gives them the time 
time of day. Liz Fair, Maroon 5, and Avril Lavigne are a few others I hear associated with this term. My question is, do you think this term has an effect on artists today? What is your scale of accessing whether an artist has sold out, and does this label ever prevent you from further supporting an artist? This is a great question. Um, And my opinion on this is that Artists are allowed to change their sound. They're allowed to do what they want. I am a stan of Nelly Furtado's Loose in particular. So I'm you had me hooked right there. <laughs> you had me at hello. Um, and I always try to tell people how great that album was, how many singles it had. And I don't how. know anything about Nelly Furtado. Why did was that considered her? Because you, well, when she first came out, she was like kind of acoustic and um, introspective. Like, I don't know, kind of like a pop indie ish girl. It's like I'm like a bird. It's like a different like kind of like you've heard that song. Right? Yeah, like it's still poppy, but it's a little like oh yeah, it's like. Like thoughtful pop, yeah, kind okay. of almost adult contemporary kind of sounds. And then with Luce, she went straight pop. It was like promiscuous girl and um, say it right and it like classic. The, classic. the thing is, yeah. these songs are fucking <laughs> classics. Like if my issue is not whether someone changes their sound and like goes to a more, more pop sound, I do think the issue is when people think that writing pop music is easy and they're like, oh, if I can do this indie introspective stuff, I could write a pop song in my sleep. And it's like, no, no, it actually takes a lot of work and it's a very specific skill set to do that. So. Nelly Furtado with Timbaland I thought was actually a perfect collaboration I would never use the term selling out for her and no matter what sound she makes I'm interested in the music she makes I really liked um, The Spirit Indestructible that song when it came out this the album I don't think I really clicked with me but the song I thought was lovely um, and as far as the other artists you mentioned I think Liz Fair might fall into the category of like her pop song I remember it coming out and being on VH1 Top 20 Countdowns I'm mean, like this song is bad like, and the thing is I didn't know Liz Fair as like an indie artist before that so I didn't know what she was doing but it felt like she was trying to do Avril Lavigne and just mm-hmm. was oversimplifying pop music to the way that like oh this is so bland and doesn't do anything for me Maroon 5 sound did change a lot and I do actually miss their early stuff when they felt more like a band like now it's more like Adam Levine goes in this studio with like very famous like Marx Martins and people mm-hmm. and makes songs some of them are really good like I liked Overexposed I thought that was a good album and I really remember loving uh, I The Man Who Never Lied I think is what the song is called they had a lot of good songs Payphone was on that album uh, One More Night a lot of great songs there but I do think lately post that they've kind of been you know flying on autopilot but again to me it's not about oh this artist has made the move from one genre into pop music it's more are they taking pop music seriously and making the best pop music they can or are they just feeling like oh pop music sounds lazy to me so I will lazily make a song yeah it's kind of just like if they change their sound whatever but like is it good is it good like all you care about is just is it good right make it good and the thing is it's it's good yeah and the term selling out in the 90s was this but also like oh my god they're selling this in a car commercial they're using it in the commercial and like now since the music industry has changed so much and it's very hard to make any sort of money I don't feel like that's a valid argument at all it's like of course everyone wants their music in every commercial like Lizzo's yeah. songs I think half of Lizzo's album has been licensed to commercials and it's like you better work oh my god like, how many things is bad guy in I know <laughs> like, I know that bad guy usage in that bombshell trailer is tragic <laughs> <laughs> every time I see it I'm like oh this is really on the nose <laughs> um, but yes I so I feel like that t- term for selling I think selling out is kind of an outdated term people are allowed to change their sounds and if they take it seriously and want to do great pop music there's nothing wrong with that there's enough room for everyone but if you can't just lazily be like okay I'm gonna be a pop star now because like if Britney can do it she doesn't do anything I can do it and it's like eh. it's like well Britney's doing everything Britney's doing and, everything she's and, the queen <laughs> so don't don't discount her majesty I mean I can't add to that because you, that, that was great yeah do you agree <laughs> I agree okay good I What's thoroughly agree same I, 
page yeah. alert. I think as long as it's good, then it's fine. Then yeah, then it's valid. Yeah, that's all people want. It's good shit. Yeah, as Matt long as Steele. as long as they feel good. Yeah. Do we have more? Is that the last email, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So Matt Steele, I have a question for you. Yeah, it's a crazy question. What? What this past week has been like? Giving you moments, darling. Oh my God. Well, there were a lot of moments to be had. I know. But I will say the thing this week that has given me the most and longest moment mm. was Howard Stern interviewed Hillary Clinton on his <laughs> radio I show. I didn't watch it, but I, I've read excerpts. And it is a truly phenomenal interview. Wow. Like, and it's not just because, you know, I love Hillary Clinton, blah, blah, blah. You are Stan. Howard Stern. I never really paid much attention to what he does and everything is an excellent interviewer, like truly fantastic. He has such a way with just asking the most interesting questions in the most interesting way. And he's wonderful. I took notice of he's very good at, you know, when you get off topic, you stray from the topic and you kind of lean into the funny things that you're straying into. He's so good at leaning into that and then knowing when to come back on topic. Just and it was just such an amazing interview. It's like two and a half hours wow. of her just like sitting there and they're literally just talking about everything wow. from her love life to her policy to election day to like what Beatles she thought was the cutest, how what, she loves the Rolling Stones, like stuff like that. What was the like, biggest bombshell you got from the interview? Oh my God. Um, uh, um, I, I think her relationship with Bill when she was talking about that was really interesting. What'd say? Oh, just... The, the specific details, oh, okay. like the stuff that he would do, how they sort of fell in love and everything. And I was just like, oh, because <laughs> she's just like obsessed with it. like she loves him. Yeah. It's like, oh, girl, I've never been, <laughs> been that much in love in my life. Um, uh, I really loved her, her take on because she was obviously promoting her book, Book of Gutsy Women. And yeah. she and Howard were um, uh, kind of debating back and forth over what women should have been in the book. What, mm. And Howard was like, I don't think this woman should have been in the book. And, and Hillary was like, this is why I put her in the book. And like they were sort of having a moment with that. And I thought I that was that. really fun. <laughs> I, 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 she was just so thorough and so just open. And what really just pisses me off is everyone saying, oh, well, where was this relaxed? Hillary in 2016 where was this Hillary in 2016 it's like motherfuckers she was right in front of you like she her demeanor did not change from this interview what from 2016 to this interview it's just that she's no longer running for president like it's like maybe she was a little more relaxed because she didn't have to when you're running for president you obviously have to like be a little more up and a little more more focused and everything and this I guess she was I don't know sitting back I don't like I don't know what was different about this interview from every other interview she did in 2016 but whatever so that was just really frustrating to hear that I need to listen to that. The interview, it's really fantastic. Right. She, oh my God, when she was talking about how, when she was Secretary of State, um, the capturing of bin Laden and everything and how uh, she was working with Obama and uh, how in the room it was all these people and everyone was split on whether they should do this and or whether oh they gosh. should not do it. And she was on team like we're doing this wow. and, and other people were on team we're not doing this and everything. And that That's whole crazy. Thing, like, she just had such a clear focused way of dis- and and human way of discussing how it all worked. Right. And it was just it was just fast, like a really amazing, amazing listen. So so if you have two and a half hours to spare, I'm it's, gonna it's, do it. It's split I'm up curious. into five hours. Uh, it's split. Sorry, no, it's split up into five segments on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can split it into twenty five minute segments. <laughs> All um, right. But yeah, no, it's it's really great. And she just she talks about like the Obama years, and she it was just a lovely interview. And, right. and Howard was really great. All right, I'm gonna yeah, because I know he'd been wanting to interview her for oh since like two thousand eight, like because right. he's a, a huge like Hillary stan. And so uh, he finally got that interview. So it's like good Love for him. it. Yeah. 
Um, well, this week for me, I mean, if you are uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel, you know that we listened to the Jagged Little Pill uh, original Broadway cast recording. And I mean, surprising to no one, this obviously sent me on a spiral and a journey of listening through Alanis's music yet again. And like, oh my God, what an <laughs> artist. Like, truly, I feel like I feel this way every week. But like, my goodness. Like, I always find that you don't realize how you really realize how good a song is when you hear other people yes, sing it. And you're yes. just like, yes, this holds up no matter who is and singing. And I just, I feel like I was there. Like, I remember being eight years old and asking my mom for the Jagged Little Pill album and singing, I would go down, uh, the, would she go down on you in a theater in the back of a school bus <laughs> <laughs> and having no idea what I was saying. And, but I just, just something about her writing is has always touched me. I have been a fan of so many of her albums. I even am going to give that 2012 album that I kind of ignored a chance because I really wow, do love coming her. around. I'm coming around, you know, seven years later. Yeah, you always shade that album. I do. I'm going to give it another listen just because it didn't do anything for me initially. But she's coming out with a new album next year. Um, the first single came out, Reasons I Drink. I think it's very cute, very good. Uh, and I'm excited for the new album, her new chapter. But just like lyrically, vocally, melodically, what she has done, especially in Jack little pill obviously when she was 19 years old writing these songs and then like you hear songs that are in the musical like so unsexy and so um and uh that i would be good and i just was listening to her whole discography this week and being like god she's really one of those artists that i almost forget how much i love like mm. i looking back at my decade wrapped i think she's my second most listened to artist of the decade it's mariah and alanis and it's like i really do love her and i've never seen her in concert i think i'm gonna go to the hollywood bowl next year and see that jagged little pill 25th anniversary concert i just think she is so wonderful and i've been watching interviews with her and she's so self-actualized and she's changed so much from the kid we met in 1995 who was like you know, wearing shirts with too long sleeves and uncomfortable with hair all in her face. And just, and now she's so together and she like has worked through her demons and she's happy and married and having babies. And it's just like such a happy ending for her. And I'm glad that we're, yeah, I don't know. I feel like so many female artists, once you get to this certain age, people just forget about them. But I feel like there is a reverence for Jagged Little Pill, especially. It should be for more of Alanis's whole discography, but Jagged Little Pill will take it. Um, and I feel like people still recognize the genius of that and like still feel the way, they still can recall the nostalgic feelings of how they felt when that album came out. And so I'm happy that this is going to be such a success. I think it's very smart. You know, I love a smart marketing move. Mm. Very smart of her to plan to put this album out right after this musical's coming oh, out. Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. And the 25th anniversary. It's like very well-timed on her part. Like Taylor Swift could never, I mean, she Good. But <laughs> she'd be proud. <laughs> um, but I just think everything is I love a good rollout, and this already feels like a good rollout. And I just love her artistry. I love her lyrics, I love her music, I love everything about her, and I'm so happy that she's still in public consciousness. So let's go. We Alanis. Love Alanis, queen. Let's go. Let's make it when you make it to Broadway, you make you can make it anyway. That's true. That's what oh. they say. Do you think Mariah's Broadway show is gonna be about her life, or do you think it's gonna be like a family story about <laughs> like a Christmas? Yeah, I imagine there will be a Christmas element to it. I, I mean, yes, an element. I know there, there has been talk of a Christmas musical, but I don't want just like a, a time locked musical for her. And that's the thing is like we love Mariah being the queen of Christmas, but Mariah's the queen of everything. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we gotta have that like Act One ending of the the main character singing, looking in, and being like, oh, "What's gonna yes, happen? What's yes, yes." Someone get this musical together. We have to write it. We can write it. Let's write it. We already Done. have the music. That's we true. Have the, well, I mean, 
uh, it's going to be expensive. <laughs> it's true. She won't, if she won't even give these nice LA people all I want for Christmas is you. She's not going to, she might give us looking in. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if we make it so good, we'll get buy-in from her. And okay. Be a part of it. Oh, we got to make- Maybe I could co-write a song with her. That's like the new song for the musical. <laughs> okay, These are all good go. ideas. Let's go. Someone get in touch with Mariah and tell her that we're interested. All right, let's go. <laughs> oh, guys, do you have anything else to tell the people before we say goodbye? What a wonderful week! It's the holidays are coming. Guys. Yes, I hope you're all enjoying your pre-Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa seasons. Yes, and all I want for Christmas is you. Is that no, no, might be at number three? Number three. So keep streaming and uh, follow us at uh, Matt Power Music and uh, it's Matt Steele and Two Game Mats for both of us. Go to YouTube.com/slash/TwoGameMats to watch our videos. Go to Patreon.com/slash/TwoGameMats for an extra bonus video from us every single week uh, for as little as $1 video and I guess we'll be back soon with another 2 Game Ads podcast love you guys love you bye